I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Courtney Robertson and I was the most notorious villain in Bachelor history. A lot has changed since then. I got married and I'm a mom to two amazing kids. Every week, I'm going to be talking to other reality stars about what happens when the cameras stop rolling and you have to figure out what to do after reality. Hello, welcome back to the show. It's your host, Courtney, here. I hope everyone had a great Halloween. We sure did. I made eyeball chili, my mom's famous recipe, nice little family tradition. Joaquin was Batman, Miss Paloma dressed up as Minnie Mouse. It was a blast. So hope everyone had fun. Gotta admit, I love all the Instagram costumes. A lot of Justin Bieber, Crocs and Socks, Haley Bieber, all glam. I saw Nate Mitchell did it. Bravo, pulled it off. A lot of Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. And I'm not gonna lie, I'm a little bit sick of the hoopla surrounding it. And I'm a massive Taylor Swift fan. But I'm happy for her, and I'm also happy for us. In case it doesn't work out, let's hope it it does. But if it doesn't, you know we are going to get a great album out of it. Sorry, not sorry. All right, long episode for you today. I am so excited to have Manon Matthews, and we have a really heartfelt conversation. She's a Bachelor fan. We talk about Golden Bachelor, Bachelor in Paradise. Uh, we talk about Nick Vial, her thoughts on Kat. Uh, we just, we, we dive into everything. We definitely talk about her book. She's the author of Funny How It Works Out, personal stories and lessons on how I got my shit together, as well as uh, the sad news about Matthew Perry. This news hit a lot of us so hard. I grew up with him. It's almost hard to put into words uh, how sad it felt for a lot of us and I'm going to play a clip from Manon right here at the top. We talk about it at the end of the episode but I think it's important so I'm going to put this here at the top and I hope you enjoy this episode. From a neurological perspective we are literally quite literally programmed to love Matthew Perry. We as humans make pictures in our minds, we talk to ourselves, we go off of our five senses to process information and so for me for 25 years I'm watching this guy on a big screen and so it's, he's occurring to me as really something special and powerful not to mention he's making me laugh so now I'm having, having a physical uh, response every time I see him on screen associating the picture of him with my own laughter and feel good feelings. So yeah, I sobbed my eyes out. So yes, I was and have been grieving a lot and crying a lot, just like everybody else around the world to learn about his passing. All right, welcome back to After Reality. Today's guest is an actress, a comedian, incredible dancer, an author, podcast host of Serious But Funny and soon-to-be mama is the talented Manon Matthews. Hey, girl. Hi, fellow mama. Hi. I'm I'm not quite there yet, but you are. I'm so excited to connect with you on that. I know. I want to talk about all the things. Congratulations. Officially, I'm going to welcome you to the, the Boy Mom Club. Thank you. 
Thank how, you. Is how it are you is feeling? the biggest difference? Oh, it's is a pretty it's... I think it's pretty yeah, it's pretty special. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've always wanted a boy. So I'm really 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 excited. I do want a girl at some point, so I'm hoping for that, but I'm just going to stay in the day and just be in gratitude. It's it's good. I'm six and a half months. Um, I've oddly enough really enjoyed most of pregnancy, uh, apart from, you know, some rashes <laughs> that I have that are so annoying and no one can explain it. And, you know, I've changed my diet and done all these things. I don't need to get too much into that, but like, it's been really, it's kind of been fun. And also, you know, sleeping is kind of tough. Did you find that was hard? It, yeah, no, sleeping was definitely hard, especially the further along you get just getting comfortable. They tell you like, don't sleep on your back. And I don't know what it was, but it was like, as soon as I was pregnant, I was like, all I want to do is sleep on my back. <laughs> Same. And I, I still end up so on my weird. back. Yes. And, and then, you wake and up then... and like, oh, oh, turn over. Yeah. Yeah. I fear I'm like, oh my God, am I going to do something wrong? But apparently like you'll be notified way before anything goes off with the baby. So it's like they prefer it. But I feel like it's okay every once in a while. I don't know. Johnny will like poke me in the middle of the night like. Oh, <laughs> that's a good partner right there. I remember telling my husband like, hey, if you see me in my back, can you like poke me or push me? And oh, uh, well, and the, the rashes, I had that too. And I know you've talked about pretty openly about the thyroid uh, going on thyroid medicine, which I did too. With my daughter, I needed to go on thyroid medicine. And that was new for me. It was actually hard because I'm not a big medicine gal. Um, so I went on the medicine. I felt so much better. My doctor was like, are you so tired? Like your thyroid's not firing all the way. How are your yeah, rashes was, doing? And how is your thyroid? <laughs> yeah, it was so funny. All the questions that everybody wants to know. Breaking um, news. <laughs> I... I have not shared this, but I actually was diagnosed with Hashimoto's like eight years ago, like so long ago and hypothyroid. And because I don't love medicine either, I didn't take anything for it. So I've just been like suffering, but not realizing that I've been suffering for a very long time. Like I actually like anytime I think about it, I get really sad for like that little man in that like was just roughing it out for all those years with an autoimmune disorder, you know what I mean? So I will say that it took getting pregnant for me to take it seriously and to have like a doctor be like, no, in order for the baby to develop a health, like you can't, basically you need to be on medicine. And so I was like, yeah, right away that day I went on medicine and yeah, my energy the next day, like I could feel it the next day. I was like, oh, I have energy. Is oh. this how everybody feels? <laughs> what is this? This is bizarre. Oh, I'm not cold anymore. That was the biggest thing. Like I was always freezing cold. Like I literally wouldn't do stand-up shows because I was so frozen on the stage, like so cold. And now like I barely wear jackets. Like I'm just like warm all the time. And so that that to answer your other question, like I do think that I have a feeling that it might be the medication because I'm so hot that like I don't know, maybe it's producing a rash. I've changed my diet. Um, I haven't switched medications yet because I'm just having trouble with insurance stuff or whatever, but like, Ugh, I feel insurance, like adulting, <gasps> so depressing. Ugh. I hate it all. I hate it. <laughs> ah, I do too. Well, and also when you're pregnant, you're just like hotter anyway. So that could, yeah. it's like what, you know, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Well, I'm glad you started the medicine. Like you said, it is instant and you just feel so much better. And it's Hash Hashimoto. Is that something that you'll always have? Did they? Is it something that can go away over time? You know, I think natural doctors would say you can heal it through diet and changing and cleansing. I think they say it can be improved. I would say it, regular doctors would say, no, you'll have it. There's mm -hmm. not much you can do. So I don't know. I've, I know that I've gone in and out of, you know, shifting my diet here and there and We'll see. Like, I'll have to kind of do some um, investigating and trial and error after the baby's born because I would love to detox right now and, like, do a full cleanse. Like, I'm dying to do that, but you just can't when you're pregnant. So Ugh. it'll have to wait. 
I know. Have you been like craving all the carbs? Or are you having salads? Mm-hmm. You're well beyond your first trimester. So what? You're in your set. You're six and a half months. I mean, you're you're getting there. You're almost, <laughs> you're in the almost the home stretch. Yeah, I had most of the cravings in the beginning. Definitely. I just wanted a bagel and cream cheese every day and like a quesadilla, like cheese and bread every single day. Now I don't do that because of the rashes, you know, so I'm like off bread and dairy. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Well, and at least you're not craving it. I, you know, I remember craving ramen, bagels, everything. Like you said, cheese, all those good things. And I I, crave it the whole time. Just the first trimester. And then it was yeah. like, ooh, I want a salad. Like, I need some vegetables. I need something healthy. It's just – and my doctor's like, Courtney, it's just going to give you, like, the energy. You need that those carbs for the energy. And so you just got to do it. You just got to love on yourself. And I, so when's your due date? I'm so excited for you. January t- 19th. <laughs> okay. We're getting close. Um, I'm going to hold him in, though. I'm going to hold him in just a few more days so that he can be an Aquarius. <laughs> Oh snap. We we tried that with my son. My we Did really you? Wanted, yeah, we really wanted a cancer and he was born the day before on June nineteenth. And yeah, my husband was so funny. He was like, We're not having sex. Like he's like, we were gonna just try to keep him in there as long as possible. And sure enough, he came like he's a Gemini. I both my ex my guy that I married was a Gemini, so I'm still healing that. Um I you know. Oh, was but, you know, he? Some- yeah, he was. They kind of be a little moody. They got the little. They got, they got the two sides for sure. My son definitely has that. I mean, he goes from zero to one hundred real quick. And I just wanted to flash back. First of all, you grew up in Santa Monica, California, right? Mm-hmm. An only yeah. child, and mm-hmm. I'm. Everybody knows who you are. You have over two million followers on TikTok. You've got a large social media following. You are hilarious. So what was it like growing up in Santa Monica? Are you still on the West side? I'm there right now. Yeah. I live in Santa Monica, not too far from where I was born. Um, I actually only lived there for the first three years of my life. And then we moved to the Valley. So like Sherman Oaks. And then eventually, uh, as I got older, we moved to Calabasas. And to me, I mean, it's all I know. So like LA is like home for me. It's not it's not a place that I migrated to, um, to, you know, pursue entertainment. It's just, it's just what I knew. And oddly enough, a lot of the people that went to my high school, which it was a very, very big high school, not a lot of people moved into the in- entertainment industry. Like that surprises maybe, me. I, I, I know it's very strange. It's very strange. Like they all just like, I'm, I'm sure they pursued other things obviously, but a lot of them have kids now and are just, they're still in Calabasas and, I like it's only 20 minutes or 30 minutes from where I am right now and I like don't ever go because I still am like triggered or whatever <laughs> it's beautiful though over there it really is well I lived in Santa Monica for 14 years I was on like Ocean Park and Hill um wow like, uh, 11th street I miss it all the time I moved back to Arizona oh. where I'm from but I moved to LA when I was 19 I did the West Hollywood thing that's what a lot of people do had a blast, dated the celebrities, went to the club, clubs, the clubs, <laughs> and then everybody, most people moved to the West side. And then it's just like, kind of, you know, you start being an adult and, but the West side is, it's so good. It's changed a lot though. Um, the homeless situation is pretty sad when I go back to visit, it's definitely mm. changed, but, um, you know, but, and you're doing stand up now as well. I've seen you you know, I've been doing stand-up on and off. I started stand-up before I got on Vine in 2013. So I've been doing it on and off for a good 11 years at this point. And I I, I love it. I love it. But, I, it, you know, it hasn't been a consistent thing because social media kind of took over my life quite a bit. And so and if I have pockets of time and the energy, I definitely get on stage and do shows. And it's, yeah, it's great. I mean, that was kind of how I got started on vine was like i had 200 followers and getting a following at that point was not in the realm of possibility at all like i just that was not my intention i did not think of it as a thing and someone had commented saying you know i saw you do your kristen stewart impression at the comedy store can you throw it up online and i did and it was like the next day it was viral (gasps) that was like because of that person's comment 
you know, maybe I would have, maybe it would have happened anyway, because I was just enjoying the app and making comedy on there. But it was like, I need to find that person and like give them a hug or something. Because... Uh, yeah, let's find that person. And, and by the <laughs> way, Vine, blast from the past. I don't even know if Vine's available. What was that? It was like it's the not. original. It's gone. Okay. So, and that was like, wasn't it a limited amount of time on Vine? It was like a flash video. Was it like 60 seconds? Six. Six? Six. <laughs> So you're telling me you went viral after a six second clip. I mean, you got to, mm -hmm. that's like talk about breaking the internet. And now you like over 2 million followers on TikTok. How does that feel? Like, I mean, I've listened to a lot of your podcasts with your best friend and I've been following you for years. I'm a massive fan. I love mm -hmm. your dancing videos. I mean, you've, I mean, your characters are hysterical. I've also seen you on um, Caitlin Bristow's uh, podcast and Nick Vial. Obviously, I was on The Bachelor. I watched you on there. I, uh, I watched your whole season. I was going to yeah. ask you, did you? So you're a fan of the I show. Saw it all. Yeah, a huge fan. I've seen all of it. I mean, I started watching, I want to say, like, not the first, like, 10 seasons. I, I couldn't remember. But, like, yeah, I've been watching it, I feel like, for, like, 12 years. Oh, my gosh. Are you still watching? Yes, of course. I cry every Golden Bachelor right now. Oh. It's just so sweet. I can't take. It's so heartfelt. It's so beautiful. He's so, so sweet and endearing. It's like I'm like, oh, this is what I want it to be. Like some sort of mixture where it's like they're getting people who are ready. <laughs> I mean, you know, they're. <laughs> yes. I, I can't explain it. Sometimes I've had trouble watching 23 year olds try to find marriage I'm like you're not even you don't even know who why why are they getting younger and younger sorry that's my beef with it I still will watch it because I love it but I'm like can we do like 28 to 38 I or was 28 20... when I did it and I yeah. was one of the, the oldest ones there and I was like walked into the house like these young girls like they don't stand a chance like this guy's 28 too and they were like there was a 23 year old I'm like thinking to myself like she's not ready for marriage and the way I look at it and not to say that all 23 year olds aren't but like when I was 23 I know what I was I was doing and what I was thinking I was a I was, I, yeah, I was like, a, it feels like a toddler. I had no idea who I was, what I was doing. I was drinking too much at the time. I would have been a major shit show on that show. I, I never would have went on because I would have just been crying every day and feeling so lost in, in who I am. And I'm just so surprised anyone signs up at that age because even from 18 to 25, you have no idea. You, you're like thrown out of your home and you're like, oh, I have to find my feet without my my family that I've been with for 18 years, if you're lucky, you know, and then from 25 to 30, it's, you're a completely different person. And then from 30 to now I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm me five years ago is like so much has, has happened and so much has changed. And so it's just a lot to put on a person be like, you want to find marriage in a few weeks and you're 23 years old. It's like, go have fun. Like, don't even worry. Yes, I agree. I would love to see. I can't wait. To, I hope they do a golden bachelorette. I'm loving Gary's season. I always want to call him it's, Jerry. I want to call yeah. him because of his spelling. But I'm like, can we get this guy to stop driving? You're making me nervous. Like, get to the chopper. <laughs> do not let this guy behind. Nothing can Especially happen to him. Yeah, that first episode where like the lights are out and they're on the freeway. I was like, this is a scary show. This is freaking me <laughs> out. I'm like going to have a heart attack. We don't need to see them driving. It's it, they. I think they set us up that way too. Like with that yes. first episode where like the lights weren't on on the freeway. I was like, this is so dangerous. And he's like in the slow lane. Everyone's hot. trucks are going by. And by the way, it seemed like a really far drive. I was like, are they going to Mel's drive-in from like Calabasas, like over you know that that area over by Canaan Road? Uh, and I yeah. loved Kathy. I was like, are there is there going to be a villain on this season? And then when Kathy said, "Zip it," did you see that episode with the yeah? I struggled with that though. I didn't love it. I was mad at her. We were mad like, at Kathy. I don't like the villains. They, I'm too sensitive. I'm too such a sensitive oh. soul that I just felt so bad for her. Like talking, she was like physically taller than the other girl, and then also like the other girl's like, I don't know what I'm. What am I doing wrong? I know. So I'm, I'm glad she she's gone. I know she is. She gone. She go. And maybe they'll do a paradise. I don't know that they'll do a, a, a golden paradise. But are you watching uh, Bachelor in Paradise? Of course. Are you kidding me? 
Oh, I just had Brayden on and Kat on not too long ago. What do we think? Not together, did you? Not together, but okay. Kat's well, getting I love Brayden. I do too. I saw him. I met him. I got like a month ago. I before it started airing because I watched him on the other season, and I was like, I like this guy. I have no issue. I think he's just genuinely happy, and I think everybody's jealous that he seems genuinely happy. I have no issue with him, and I I think I even said that on Nick's podcast. And so I've been rooting for him the whole time, and Kat has just really um. It's just not really not doing her any favors. I'm just no. like comparing her a new one. What you interviewed her? I did, and we I I so I did a group date on Zach's uh, season with Lotto. It was so fun to come back. I mean, and yeah. by the way, I sorry, in the leather I, dress. Yes. Oh, but they were like, <laughs> we need you to look kind of like bad. I was like, oh, this is like pleather. Okay. Um. So I had to dress the part, but good gosh, you do watch. And so I met Cat, and I met a lot of the girls, and. Uh, she was great. So I had her on, but we message offline and I think she's struggling with the the edit a little of bit. Of course, of course. They're making her look terrible. I mean, my and opinion, I don't, I don't the... mind saying it. I think she needs some healing and to like be able to take a little bit more responsibility for her part. It doesn't, they're not making her seem like she's a great listener and taking in information. Uh, she seems pretty defensive, but um, I, but I also think that there are two sides and the editor's are having their way and I can imagine that that would be very challenging for her so I in the same breath I feel like I hope she's okay and like sending her love and they're I just feel really bad for her at the same time so I know the the interviews with like the loud the loud and then the pinata and I think if I had a hot take I'd say that they love Brayden and when I did my interview with Brayden Warner was on the line um because he's still under contract and you can tell that they love him, which says a lot because he's produce... pretty lovable. Do you, so you met him in person. What was, what did you think? He's very good looking. He's very good looking. Very, very tall, charming, <laughs> very, very <good>. present. <laughs> he's like double my size. He's very present, joyous Um, for a 24 year old. I mean, come on. Like, I don't know. I just didn't. I really liked his energy a lot. I'm all about energy and vibration and right away, like, you know, sometimes I'll, I've met a lot of the bachelor people a lot over anybody, the years. Has anybody been a, just a douche canoe? Chad. Do you remember Chad? Chad Johnson? Yeah. A bad, long ass time ago. Yeah. Chad. Meet. Yes. Chad Johnson. Yeah. He, bad Chad. <laughs> he was interested. I wouldn't say he was bad in my meeting him, but it was loud. And he said, what's your name? And I said, Manon. And he said, Adam. And I was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> like that's, the, that, that's actually in like part of my standup because I don't love to repeat my name so often, but um, he was, had some interesting energy. Can't say it was bad, but like. I well, they called him bad Chad. Cause he got the villain. Yeah. That's what everybody yeah. called him. He definitely did. You might need some healing. Could use a healing. Everyone that I've met has been amazing. I've oh. loved every, like, they've all been so sweet. I've met, you know, I worked with actually JoJo and Jordan. Oh, uh, she's Caitlin, so I love. I love. Uh, I enjoyed meeting Nick. Um, oh, good. You know, he's he was, got a mixed review. <laughs> people think he's a little cocky. In the episode you guys, he had you on, he called uh, Charity. He said she had pick me energy. And like he got some, he got some major flack for some of the stuff he said when he had you on, for sure. Yeah, he, I will say that like doesn't feel very warm, at least online at all. Like um, when we were going back and forth, I was like, okay, this guy has no warmth about him at all, and he doesn't. I understand that he's maybe he's just trying to be very clearly I'm in a relationship and I'm just not going to give any warmth to any woman and I'm like you don't have to do that I'm not like that I'm like I'll be warm to everything nothing's a threat it's fine um and you're literally warm (laughs) you're you're radiant girl yes literally rashes um and then when I met him he was a lot you know kinder and connected and I was like oh so I was pleasantly surprised and then people were like dming me like I heard he did this and I heard he did this and I heard I was like sorry oh no so, yeah I, I've met him before he seemed nice enough but he he does get a little you know controversial that kind of thing but 
Well, I love that you're an energy person. So am I. I've read this book, uh, Dodging Energy Vampires. Highly recommend it to a friend. You must have a little bit of an empath in you because I'm the same way. Like I could be in public um, and just, I almost have to like tune out, like picking up on other people's energy because sometimes it like is too much for me. And, you know, Santa Monica, they say I lived there for a long time. I don't know if it's what it is about that place, but a lot of people think that is a it's a vortex, so a little woo woo, mm. but that Santa Monica has some natural energy there. Yeah, I mean it's gotta with the ions off of the ocean, even just that alone. I I will say that I'm so happy I moved over here because I feel like my spirit and my mind and my body is just so much happier over here. And when I first moved here, I would walk Palisades Park. I mean, I still do. Um, and every everybody seems just happier over here. I can't, I don't know how to, like, they just seem pretty joyous and like, hi and friendly. And, yep. you know, in LA, there's certain pockets in LA where it's definitely not like that. And people are self-conscious and they're looking at the floor of their phone and they're not connected at all. Or like, there's some pockets that are really bad vibes. Santa Monica is a real, is to me the best. I was, I hate like cliche, but I like to say high vibes, you know, and I just, high I vibes. Hate- I just got to protect your energy. You really do. Like, I just, I don't have my bullshit bag is full. I'm 40 now and I don't got time for it. I really don't. And and, and being in LA, I mean, I've dated celebrities and just being around that. I'm, I mean, you grew up there, so you've, you know how to handle, you could read a room for sure. Yeah. There, I mean, sometimes, sometimes I can, sometimes I'm, I think in the past, I think now I can. I think in the past, I definitely have been a little bit blinded and just not so much in my body because I was an empath and so sensitive and like wouldn't take care of it or monitor it well. And so I'd go home feeling so drained and depleted and then wondering what happened. Or I'd go around other people where I would feel like I feel better and rejuvenate and restore. And it's been a kind of a long journey to like be able to discern the difference and be able to like learn how to like protect energy and I also feel like even being pregnant, it's like times a hundred, whereas yeah. I'm sure you've experienced like once you're pregnant, you're like, okay, no more bullshit. Like I will not go somewhere that is not going to make me feel good, you know? Oh, especially, I mean, your body's working overtime and you've got this thing where you're, you know, autoimmune, you got to be careful anyway and really protect your health because it's like, I loved your post. You're like, I'm uh, relaxing for two or, you know? Yeah, recharging for two. And so I totally can relate to that. And it's interesting to me because you have such a big online presence. And, you know, I have a love hate with social media. I know you've taken breaks from Instagram, like, that would be hard to put yourself out there. Do you have a love hate with what you do? Because I mean, that's really, that's, that's pretty bold of you to put yourself out there and deal with so much feedback if you are so into protecting your energy. I mean, how do you manage that, girl? I, I don't know. I really don't. I have have absolutely have had a love-hate with social media as like a institution, an institution, not so much with creating content. I've always loved creating content. Like I would love it if there was a world and and this could happen. I just haven't been able to master it yet it, where I just have creation days and collaborations and then just give it to someone to post it all. Mm-hmm. And then I don't ever have to look on social media. That being said, sometimes I enjoy looking and seeing what people are up to and getting inspired, but I haven't been able to fully limit it in a way that feels healthy to me. So it has absolutely you know, I, I can feel the days that I take breaks, I'm significantly more at peace and in more joy and I'm more present. And then there are the days where like even earlier today, oh, hi, Russell. My dog's run, walking on By the, the way, lap. my cat just came and sat on me. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so cute. <laughs> yeah, this They're is communicating. Smokey. So, hi. Hi, hi Smokey, this is Russell. Somebody abandoned him. Oh, he's my, he's my first baby. I'm not a cat person, but I just, I love this cat. I would clone him if I could. I feel the same way about Russell. Do you? My first son. Yeah, if I could clone him, I absolutely. Is he neutered? I asked my husband the dumbest question. I was like, clown question. I was like, I know he's neutered, but can he be, can that be reversed? And he's like, okay. (laughs) 
know. He chopped. Where are the balls? They chopped his balls off. I'm like, I don't know. Like, I know vasectomies are. So that is so, oh, you got your your little spirit animal there. Okay, bye. That's how cats are. See you later. He he gone. Um, Yeah, if I could go back, I would have just tried to find a way around not getting him because, uh, not getting him, not getting him neutered. Yeah. That's the, yeah. Uh, Because... I think I was just trying to fall in line with like, cause I adopted him and that was like part of the deal, but I really wish I would have like worked harder to find a way around that because I don't know. It's kind of, he's so cute. How old is he's he? Cute. How he's much time do we have? Oh, you've got seven, 14, 20, 28. So he's 28 in dog years. Okay. You got plenty of time. I'm going to, I'm going to manifest that he is around for 20 years. Oh yeah. He looks like a medium sized dog. He's pretty small. He's like 12 pounds. Oh, well, you're blurred out. So I only saw like half of him. You got your blur on back. Oh, there we go. Oh, okay. Yeah. All I saw was like a fur. Oh my goodness. He looks like the dog and as good as it gets almost, (laughs) but cuter. The Brussels Griffin. Oh yeah. You've got so much time. It's uh, the big dogs. I feel sad about like my sister just got a St. Bernard. I'm like, they don't live as long and you're she has four kids i'm like how are you gonna explain that but so going back anyway sorry i'm yard selling going back to your social media i wanted to talk about that and i can totally relate to that like i find myself and now that i have kids um i find myself scrolling a lot and i love content like yours and i've really tried to manage like like muted mute 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 and like not doom scrolling and that kind of thing but like sometimes i get into bed after a long day with the kids i have two and I just, like, I want content that makes me laugh, like yours does. Mm-hmm. And you're dancing. I always send your stuff to my friend. I'm like, can we learn how to dance like this? Which, side note, I want to ask you if you would do Dancing with the Stars. I'm going to manifest that for you. Um, oh I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Oh my God. Yes. Yes, um, please. Okay, so we're going <laughs> to... Okay, that would that- be a dream. I had meetings with them, by the way, after The Bachelor, and it's incredible, the stuff they told me. You get to design your costumes, and you get to pick out your music. Can you imagine, Manon? Oh, my God. But anyway. literally a dream come true. And Juliana, I mean, they both follow me. Maybe they could, I don't know. Caitlin Bristow, hello. And you're a Bachelor fan. You could, like, have so much fun with that. But so, yeah, so Instagram, I sometimes feel like it makes me a little bit blue, and then I try to, like, monitor that and I listen to like a lot of mindful things like Oprah's like everyone's like I start my day and I stare out the window and I drink tea that's just not me and and I wanted to touch on (laughs) I want to be that person you know but like I wake up and I reach for my phone sometimes and I'm like gotta check the email and gotta check the bank account and then I like have my podcast I love look forward to listening to which they say like delay your gratification. Like if you're having a hard time working out, like I love Smartless. So now I try to like save that for the gym. Oh my God. Isn't that so good, Smartless? It's so good. I love it. And I it love it. It fills my HBO. cup. Yeah. It's 
brilliant. It's perfect. I saw Jason Bateman the other day, actually, and got to tell him that I... In person? Mm-hmm. <gasps> what? Yeah, at Air One. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> so and... They all are. They're all there. <gasps> oh, my... All the celebs. I saw Amy Poehler recently. Oh, my she goodness. She knew who I was. I almost had a heart attack. That is my name. Cr- of course she did. Man, and everybody knows who you are. You, I I loved your little um you which I we're going to talk about Matthew Perry too, but I want to talk about your book first. I know. Yes. Um but I loved your video with Courtney Cox. Thank you. It, everybody go give it a look. I mean, everybody knows who you are. So, you I know you're being cute and shy, but I loved your p- bit about being <laughs> like just say thank you. It's weird though when somebody speaks your praise. Um I I totally get it, but so you're the I'm an author as well. I wrote my book, I didn't come here to make friends, which people took seriously. I'm like, it's a joke. Because were uh, you kind of a villain? I girl, don't really remember. Were you the villain? The, I was the villain. I'm sorry. You're like, I don't um, like villains, but no, I want no, 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 no. It's okay. I want to go rewatch now because oh, I know that the, there's sometimes there's some villains that I do like. There's some that I don't, and it's more of an energy. It's something that I can suss out. Like I can tell when they edit it, and then I can tell whether it's like no, they're just actually capturing this person's bad side but I guess everyone has a bad side I don't know well I think the thing that I always try to remind the viewers it's like for me I know I didn't watch it entirely until I wrote my book and like things were really out of context because I know what I was wearing and like a lot of things that got me in trouble trouble were voiceovers so like the voice is dubbed over a situation that has nothing to do with that yeah So, and I hate to blame the edit because I did make some snarky comments. I was clowning on the girls and my ITMs, my interviews, but the problem was, is they were like, they're all talking shit about you. So you need to start talking shit about them. And I was like, wait, what? And I heard them in the house talking shit about me. So anyway, but enough about me. I want to talk about I'm sure I would be the villain. I would be the villain. I bet. I would say, I mean, I've already, even in this, I feel like I said things that are like, not that nice. But I know I'm a nice person in the same way you know you're a nice person. But I guess that's what the villain always thinks about himself. <laughs> like, well, well, I think I'm such a kind-hearted person. And you'll be able you to like, feel the energy. But I feel like because I can be snarky, I can be sarcastic, like, they'll use that, right? Which, uh, 100%, that's all they'll use. They'll flag that yeah. interview. And then that's probably wow. all, all you'll see. Because if you think about it, there's 25 women to start. And then they slowly start whittling away. But, like, they have interviews from 25 girls to start, so they have to trim everything down to a two-hour episode. It's, like, 2% of what is filmed is shown on you. I think you would kill it on there. Are you kidding? I think you'd be, like, the dancing party of the house. But I do want to talk about your book, Author. You're the author of Funny How It Works Out. I listened to your book in a day. Oh, by the way, personal stories and lessons on how I got my shit together. I love the subheading of any book. Mine was Confessions of a Reality Show Villain. But it, I, like I said, I listened to it in four hours on Audible um, while I was at home with the kids. And this was like, I heard, I think after you were on Caitlin Bristow's podcast and uh, your book is funny and vulnerable, but your first husband that you divorced uh, betrayed you in a, in a pretty big way. And I wanted to touch on that as well, if you're comfortable talking about it. Yeah. And then also Absolutely. your sob- sobriety. Sorry to jump around my mom brain, but- you know, you talk a lot about your sobriety and you've been so- sober for how long? It's been like 10 years or? I got sober January 20th, 2012. Oh, wow. So I've definitely, uh, it's been that was the year time. I did The Bachelor. So that was, that wow. was, oh, that oh was, my oh, gosh. yeah, so that was over See? 10 years ago. Sorry. <laughs> wow. Congratulations, yeah. man. And that's, I mean, Thank I know you. I just asked you a lot, but your book was very moving and I have I had uh, very close people to me struggle with alcoholism and I've had many partners that went through AA. I went to, I had a boyfriend actually for two years in Venice who I went to meetings with to support him and love mm. AA meetings, by the way. I went to the ones in the Palisades with him. Great meetings. That's, I was like, I wonder if I saw you there because I was just wanted to support him and mm. I'm and. I'm not sober, but I never did drugs or anything like that. And I drink my yeah. wine, but I never had like, he was always like, Courtney, you're a normie, like, you know, yeah. and that probably makes yeah, sense. Yeah. There's a clear yeah. difference for sure. I mean, long story short, for the people that don't know, I got married in 2019 to a Scottish man that 
was living in Australia. We got engaged after four months. It was like this beautiful fantasy experience. We hung out every day. He treated me like a queen. So obviously like we got married and yeah, it was like a month after the wedding that basically I found out that he was sending nudes to women and, you know, uh, nude videos in the house that I just bought us a month after our wedding. And I think he was doing this like, like now that time has passed, I think it's, it's pretty clear that this wasn't just like a one-off thing because of there was multiple women that had reached out, uh, especially since my book came out. I think oh, that really? must have been really healing. Yeah. I think it was healing for a lot of the women that um, he actually, like him himself had, had been in relationship with. In fact, one girl was like, I dated him for a year and reading your story was like reading my exact experience with him. Wow. And, and then we kind of bonded a little bit of like, oh, did he do this? Did he do this? Yep. Did this, did this. She even knew the song that we danced to at our wedding. This girl knew the name of the song because she said that was to be their wedding song. And I didn't name the song in the book. So like, isn't that crazy? And he had told me I'd never showed anyone this song before. And this was like our song that we would like cry to and like uh, dance to. And like, yeah, so it was on a whirlwind. Yeah, it was a whirlwind of a marriage. You know, we never really fought much. I thought we had a really open, loving, open communication is what I mean to say. Um, relationship, I'm not open. Um, <laughs> well, it sounds like he might have been a little open. He, he was definitely open and I just didn't know about it. And it was really hard. The hardest part was that like, I saw like hundreds of screenshots of him kind of bad mouthing me when I remember we went to therapy afterward because I thought, you know, I married the man. I love him. He's saying that he wants to change. Let's like work on this. Maybe this could be a breakthrough to something. I don't know. Everyone was like, no, walk away. You just married him. This is a huge red flag. This is terrible. But I was like, you know, like empathic. I see the good in everybody. I thought he's just in yeah. pain. Like he's really struggling and he doesn't know how to be honest. That is not great, but I also understand a lot about human behavior and people lie so that they can feel better inside. People drink so that they can feel like every ism, whether it's overeating or gambling or sex addiction or lying or whatever, I don't condone it. I don't want my partner to struggle with those things, but if they do... I've been through hell and back that I would want to be supportive. And so I just had this idea that maybe he would change. You know, I've seen a lot of people change, you know, especially in sobriety. It's like all I'm seeing are people change. You know, I had a lot of people being like, people never change. Once a cheater, always a cheater. I was like, maybe. But what if the opposite's true? What if like he becomes the man? Yeah. I don't know. And, but he didn't. <laughs> well, I, I commend not... you for like doing couples counseling and like really, yeah. like really try. I mean, going through that though it's gotta be it's just soul shattering and I mean how do you trust again after yeah. going through that and you you've got such a kind heart and good energy but like that's like I would have probably been like you're done you're gone divorced like thank yeah. god you signed a prenup I heard you talk about that as I well I really did and I screamed that at him too because the second time it was like a month after the first incident the month after the first incident we were we we saw each other again and we got together and I was opening my heart up a little bit thinking that he was doing all this work on himself because that's what he had said. He liked to say a lot of things that weren't true. And I remember something was like, look at his phone, look at his phone. And I'm not somebody that ever looked at anybody's phone. Like, that's why I didn't notice that he was, right. you know, engaging any of this because I never looked at his phone. It and wasn't I also, on your radar. No, I'm, I was, you know, I... Again, I grew up like pretty sheltered, like a little too trusting, not very great at setting boundaries. Like my parents loved me so much that I just didn't, I'm almost having, I almost have the delusion of the opposite of like, no guy's ever cheated on me. I'm sure they have, but I, I was just delusional, I guess, of just like overly trusting and not trusting my gut, which is, I think what the whole lesson for me was about was like, um, he so basically I checked his phone is what I'm gonna say let me circle back real quick and but I was with him I was like can we look at your phone I, I didn't do it secretly I did oh, it you put him on the spot together you're such a yeah. good person 
Manon. I think about that. Yeah, I was like, I'm not going to sneak because that feels really invasive and that's not who I am. So let's do it together. And he was so resistant, which already my body started feeling really weird. I'm like, mm-hmm. what do you like? Just like, let's look at it. Let's look at it. And then we looked at it. And he was so upset, and I saw, like, so many texts to different girls saying, like, I love you and all this stuff, mm. and I was like... Not the L word. You, why do you jump to I love you and you're my true queen and, like, all this past life stuff? It's like he had these certain lines that he would use on multiple women to make them feel really special, and, you know, I look back at the little man and that, like, bit on it, you know, and was mm-hmm. like, oh, this is clearly my person, and, you know... In hindsight, I think there were a lot of red flags that I could have really paid attention to. And I think I just wanted to believe a lot of it was true. And I think, yeah, like I said, the biggest lesson was your gut knows, the body knows, the body doesn't lie, people lie. And I really needed to learn that because growing up, I wasn't always taught to like go inward and check on how I feel about something and to follow my gut. I was very trained to just like be a people pleaser and to make sure that everybody's okay, which meant I was ignoring my own feelings, which meant I was putting myself in a position to be betrayed, I guess, you know, and and kind of lied to because that's been a theme in my life with with him and you know, maybe one other person, a dear friend of mine had a a lying problem. And what lying does, unfortunately, at least what it's done for me is like, when a person starts lying to me, and I realize they're lying, it's really hard for me to separate um, other things that they say, because then they'll start saying other things. And then I have to question, wait, are is this true? Or is this not true? And I don't want to have to work that hard in a friendship or a relationship ever. Or should you have to? Yeah, I just want to trust that, like, we're all telling the truth. You know, I'm a big advocate that the truth will set you free. Me and my current partner now, Johnny, of, you know, it'll be almost four years in January. And he's the complete opposite. Very ethical man, very moral, loving. My body, I could feel the difference, you know, between my husband and this this and Johnny, whereas like with Johnny, it's like warm. My body wants to like expand open and it's like I feel safe. Whereas, mm. you know, how great the previous is that? Guy, yeah, it's the best. And that's your body knows, right? Like if your body's opening and you feel like joyful and like expansive and your arms are opening, that's like a yes. Your body's saying yes. Mm-hmm. If you're like trying to protect yourself or you're covering parts of your body or you're mm-hmm. leaning back, leaning back is a good one. I I, I kind of was doing that, especially wow. towards the end of our relationship with the previous marriage. It was like or previous is that the right way to say yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, totally. Previous, yeah, your previous, I mean, well, you're not engaged yet, but I want to ask you about that too. But yeah, <laughs> your, 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 your ex, your ex-husband, yeah. which My by the way- he would lean back. They, they call that rapport, which I, I did a women in spirit retreat in Sedona and I learned all about, it was so amazing. And we did like hypnosis. It was just all these incredible women, but they teach you about rapport and like how, like if you're talking to somebody, I'm sure you know about it. Like if you're leaning, like how your body reacts to a person and, you know, if you're closed off and all those things. And it's amazing once you learn about it. It is. It's so powerful. It's so informative. The body is just like trillions of cells. It's so much smarter than our logical brain. I think. And so like oftentimes now, which I didn't really have these tools before is like, well, what is my body saying to this situation? You were having a reaction. Yeah. And like like, you said, I I totally like I learning how to set boundaries. I I was always a people pleaser and, you know, learning how to set boundaries and to totally, I totally can relate to that man. And so now you're in this like safe relationship. So do you feel like you are yeah, it's not, it seems like you've done a lot of work to overcome that hurt. Um, so you don't have trust issues with your, your now partner or anything like that. Or is there any like kind of lingering? Cause that's, that's a pretty big one. Yeah. You know, I'm surprised. I, I thought I will say that when I first, well, one, I think going to three months of therapy with the guy that I married was really helpful because we got a lot out and I got to process a lot within that so that like when it was over, I wasn't looking back, uh-huh. if that makes sense. Like I was yeah. so 
I was so clear that this was a no for me and that if I chose a life with my ex, I was choosing a life of like instability and, and, you know, jealousy. And I was like, no, I've worked too hard in my sobriety and in my life and learning all these tools and in my spiritual world and to, you know, that I'm not, I'm not willing to try to make a marriage work with someone that I have no trust in. Like that's, so when I walked away, I really walked away. I was not ever looking back. And I think that's why I did the therapy. I think if I would have just done what a lot of people advise, which was just like, just walk away. Mm-hmm. I may have wondered like, well, what if we did go to therapy? What if he did change? And I never, right. I've never looked back, which is oh. such a gift. And yeah. so when I first most started. most people would be like a woman scorned and just like, I'm done, like block, delete. And wow, that's really. Yeah. That's and I don't want to wonder. I want to make sure that. I like wrung out the washcloth with everything it had so that I could walk away freely and like just send him on his way and hope that he's doing better. And what was great was, I mean, I will say that in the beginning of my relationship with Johnny, there was definite, I mean, there were definite moments of like major tears because things would remind me because it was so soon after the marriage ended that I'd met Johnny and started spending time with him. And on no level was I like, this is going to be my next boyfriend and this is going to be the guy that I'm going to have kids with. I mean, we said, we joked about it the other day. We were like, oh my God, can you imagine when we, like our first coffee meeting, if we could like see into it now, like, you know, I thought he was gay. Like I, <laughs> I didn't, we did not meet under the context of dating, right? We met under the context of like a film and trying to get that made and, meeting over like talking about scripts so there was no I think which was really helpful because then we were able to build this friendship but when once it started getting romantic like you know I clued him in on what was going on in my life and he was so patient and loving and every time I would cry if I'd hear a song that reminded me of my ex like he would just hold me and he'd say let it out I got you and so I got to also grieve a little bit early on with him and he was you know, I just don't know a lot of guys that would have been maybe open to that, but he was so loving and like patient and that really helped heal a lot of my trauma. And there was like maybe two moments, maybe more early on where I got a little jealous about something on the phone and I got scared because I was being triggered by like past stuff. But again, his calm energy and him saying, man, and anytime you need to check my phone, it is yours. I have nothing to hide. I'm not a cheater. I never have been. It's not in my DNA. My parents have been married 42 years. I got Mm. you. It was so settling to my nervous system that like, I really have not, we've had a really easy peasy loving relationship. And yeah, I don't have those moments anymore. Those only lasted a few months in the beginning. And then they like, I think you can really feel when somebody's trustworthy. I don't know. I, I mean, I, yeah, like the body knows. So it's just not something I worry about, which is great. <laughs> How isn't that amazing to have that whole like freed up in your mind? And I felt that way when I met my husband. We had some growing pains in the beginning, but they went away pretty quickly. And I think also the communication part. Yeah. Um, so are you anti-marriage? Are you would you be open to walking into marriage again? I know you guys have been together for three years. You just went on a cruise. I love that you celebrated on your cruise and ate your way through. I love that uh, podcast episode you did talking about it. I think it was number 34. But are you guys open about it? Or do you do you talk about it? I yes. I mean, the short answer is yes, I'm open. You started, you're starting a beautiful family together. Yes, exactly. We're having a baby. That is more commitment than I think anything else. I think that says a lot about both of us and how we see each other. And, and I will say that first year I was like a hard no on marriage. Wow. (laughs) Like, um, it guarantees nothing. It's not about (laughs) you, sir. It's just me and my experience and I'm just not into marriage and I will never be. And then slowly over time, I've unwinded and unraveled. And I'm like, you know what? That was the past. I learned a lot. If it weren't for that, I wouldn't be here. And so I I am open to it. Um, So we'll see. 
that's exciting. Well, we had we got pregnant before we got engaged as well. And oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. And people like, oh my god, like, how funny are people? <laughs> people like... are so funny. I'm like, uh, it just I, I'm I, we were older, and I was like, at this age, we both know what we want. It, I honestly, in my twenties and probably early thirties, I would probably focus on that more, and it was more important. And then when I met the right person, it was like I didn't even. I just knew I had to be with them, like married yeah. or not married. And we had talked about starting a family and then that happened. And I didn't even like push him on like, are you going to propose or whatnot? And no, I'm not either. I don't just, care. If it, exactly. What matters is that we're together and that we yeah. love each other. Like that is, I'm already, I feel already fulfilled. Yeah. But it, and it is funny that people are like, so then are you going to get married? Like, what I feel are you badly doing? even <laughs> asking because no, the reason I ask is in lieu of like what you've been through and the fact that you're yeah. so open to it, man, and that everything you've been through. And, but people, even after we had our son, would say the craziest things to me. Like, well, did you guys get married because you got knocked up? And like, like they wouldn't say it like that, but I'm like, hey. Yeah, but that's what they were saying behind the, yes. behind what they were saying. Yeah, same exactly. thing. I've had a lot of people say, were you trying? And yeah, yeah we were. We, we made a yeah. conscious decision like, okay, we're ready. And it happened right. really quickly, which we're so grateful for. Such a blessing. Um, but I have no attachment to the yeah. timing of like, in what order at all. Like, And that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I actually think sometimes when people like I can even speak from my previous marriage, like that all happened very, very fast. And like, what's real doesn't need to be rushed. And if it's urgent, it's not spiritual. Like if you're rushing to do something or to prove something like even sometimes I see like he had a the guy got a tattoo of my name on his heart Ugh. and didn't tell me that he was going to do that. But he did it. And I remember just thinking like, underneath it all like even though I loved him I still was worried about the tattoos because he had so many of them and sometimes I mean from what I learned with Tony Robbins is like that's a sign that a person is looking to feel significant in the world oh, wow. which is fine we all have that right it's one of the human six human needs but if that's your top need then sometimes it could lead to like they say like violent people can be significance driven or people with tattoos or piercings or musicians or like people that need to be famous. It's like, I definitely love to feel significant, but it's not my top value. My top value is love and connection and variety and certainty matters and contribution and growth. And I think Johnny and I really both value growth. Like we are going to keep doing things in our life that make us feel like we are better than the day before and love and connection are, are like huge ones, but I'm not, you know, I, I worried about that because I can see how it played out, right? Like he mm -hmm. needed to feel significant to all these women on Instagram, the guy that I married and it, it shot him in the foot because there was like, it's, it's, it can be un it can be unfulfilling, like this never ending um, I don't know. What am I trying to say? Unfulfilling prof prophecy. Is that what yeah. you're thinking? Kind of Some, something like that. Like it's just never going to be. It's always the next thing. Satisfied. Yes. Oh, the grass is always greener, which I feel bad for. Uh, I should say I feel bad. It's not the right word, but, uh, for a lot of my single friends have a hard time dating right now and they date these guys and it's, they're looking for the next best thing and the grass is greener. Hell, the guy I was telling you about that was sober even him sober, he was sober for, God, he's been sober forever, but he still did really shitty things to me um, mm. and was addicted to, his addiction spiraled into like online dating, even when we were together, you know, and oh, it was no. swiping and it was yeah, like- Yeah, that's not conducive, swiping. Yeah. And like, like how can that, that's going to feed the addiction of like, oh, there's someone better than this. There's someone better yeah. than this. Well, we were together. It, it was just like, he was always looking for the next best thing and um, and he, I think he definitely was a sex addict. I think it, it came from, especially after he got sober, it got worse. I think the idle yeah, mind. It can go to, yeah. It Mine jump. went into sugar. Like oh. after I stopped drinking alcohol, I started eating. I mean, I ate a lot as a kid, like a lot of sugar, but I would like, oh my God, my first year of sobriety, I think I gained like 13 pounds and I was just going to donut stores and just like eating my feelings because it's like mm -hmm. whack-a-mole. You have yeah. to like take care of the underlying cause, the root cause, and heal 
the causes and conditions that like led us to do it the first place. I also will say that hypnosis has been a game changer for that type of all or nothing mentality that I used to have. So well, if, that I mean, might be helpful for people listening. Like I said, I have had a lot of people in my life uh, with alcohol and drug addiction, and it's affected me uh, greatly. And I'm very mindful of my consumption and, and that kind of thing. But I commend you. You've been sober for so long and you talk about it in depth in your book. I loved at the end of your book. I, I've listened to it multiple times. You have to go give it a listen, everybody. You have all these tips, basically like feel good tips and things. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What would you call it? I It's been a while since I listened to it, but. I can't even remember what I called them. To, yeah. But it's like, yeah, 30 tips in 30 days so that. Yes. You know, every day you can pick it up and look, yeah, to feeling good. And a lot of it is about the mind. And a lot of it is I talk about how we talk to ourselves because I, a year into my sobriety in 2013, right before Vine, oddly enough, but maybe not oddly at all, like I got certified as a neuro-linguistic programming practitioner, which is in alignment with hypnosis and the unconscious mind. And, and because so much of our so much of how we operate in the world is because of our unconscious mind and and what we tell ourselves and the pictures we make in our mind. And so if we're making really scary pictures or we're picturing drinking, you know, 13 drinks, then like, yeah, our mind's going to, our unconscious is going to make that happen. And so like, you can know, a person can know, oh my gosh, I need to drop weight or I need to stop smoking. But if their unconscious isn't set up for that, then it's, they're going to keep doing it and then feeling guilty and tying shame. Like what's wrong with me? Why can't I stop? I know this is bad for me. It's like, don't be hard on yourself. There's a lot of unconscious work that can be done. And there's hypnotists everywhere. I work with a guy, Anthony Serino, actually met him on TikTok. He's like the TikTok, a TikTok hypnotist. And he's so good. He's so good. And he's one out of so many that you can work with and it doesn't have to take long. It doesn't have to be so straining. I love 12 step programs. I really do. I think it's, that's like a, a longer form of how to do the work and there's other healing modalities as well. So the help is definitely out there. I've kept you for so long. I, you know, I, I appreciate that. I, I wanted to dive into that a little bit more, but maybe I know once the baby comes, I'd love to have you back and talk about motherhood, oh my gosh, of course. but I did want to touch on Matthew Perry over the weekend. Matthew Perry passed away and I just, I, I mean, he, I just read his book as well this year. And obviously people are going to speculate. It sounds like we don't know what exactly happened yet, but this really hit hard for me, home for me. And I know a lot of people feel that way. Um, I just cried all weekend. I was so sad about the Matthew Perry news and I know it hit home for you as well. So did that, do you think that it hit home for you because you, obviously you grew up with him, but also the the sober element as well and his story yeah I think it I think it's all of it I um I think it hit home it's so I haven't had a reaction like this since Robin passed away and well yeah to me yeah Robin Williams yep I cried for about two weeks you know not straight but like there would be a day a time of the day where I'd remember and then I'd get sad and um yeah it's like there are friends I mean it, not to be cliche but like you know Robin reminded me so much of my dad and Chandler and Chandler the character yeah. Chandler but Matthew Perry um reminded me a lot of my father and so it's like those are the two people on the planet that reminded me of my dad which is just so strange um but his brilliance, I mean, yeah, I started watching him when I was a little girl and I've watched friends every on and off every night till literally the night before he passed, I watched the finale of Friends, mm-hmm. which is just very interesting. And yeah. um I I am really grateful that I got to meet Matthew Perry a couple of times and got to tell him how much I love him. I got to do the same with Robin Williams. I feel grateful for those snippet of moments but I it's just so fascinating to to me that these people who have no idea they're just doing their job that they're affecting us on such a deep level I I know you said you were crying all weekend I was too a few people I know you know I called both of my parents and just sobbed with them and it's just amazing the legacy that he has left behind and yes, of course, it doesn't help that like he's knowing how much he has struggled. 
in and his life you, as well. And that adds a whole other layer of, of grief, you know, like you've done a lot of work in that, you know, going to AA meetings and being part of the community and hearing the stories. And I'm sure you can relate on a very deep level as well. So, oh man, yeah. thank you so much for sharing. I, I thought if anybody could talk about it, it would be you. I know. Oh, you know, that's we're... so nice. I'm so honored. I know yeah. I'm, I'm, I think what makes me sad too, is just to think about like all of his friends and loved ones mm-hmm. and all the people on the show, some of which I know, like they're grieving. I'm like, I feel their grief. Like we as empaths, I'm sure I'm like, oh my God, I'm thinking yes. about them and what they're going through. And then I start crying again. And I'm just like, you know, who cares? Like, not who cares, who cares that we're crying so much? Like, may we keep continuing shedding tears. It's all beautiful. It's all energy release. And I I love all the quotes that I'm seeing now about how he wants to be remembered. And And his book came out last year and there's so much in it that the parallels are just like, I listened to his book on Audible as well. And man, he went through a lot. He did. He read it. Okay, yeah. I'm you should. Yeah. It. You'll. It, I've you'll, been kind of putting it off, but now, you know. Yeah. It's nice because he read it and you read your Audible as well. Right. And I've read mine. It's one of the hardest things I've ever done in my whole life reading oh it. But I, I go give it a listen. And man, and thank you so much for your time. Like I said, I cannot wait to have you back once the baby comes and we'll talk all the mom things. I'm here for you. If you just have- a And then I can talk about how the birth was. <laughs> yes, we can talk about your I'm birth so story. Don't be, you're, you got this. Are you going to do an epidural? Have you de- not decided? I would say I'm not going to, but you never know. That's a personal question, by the way. Sorry, I should scratch that from the record. Like, I feel like that—that's probably not PC. I don't care. Like, ask, you know. I don't. Oh, I don't care. I don't know. Sometimes I don't know what's PC or what's not. Like, (laughs) sorry, I don't plan to, but you never, uh, you know, people say that they're not going to, and then things change. So I'm, I really don't have much of an attachment of how. I'm going to give birth. I'm just going to try to meditate and and envision what I want to have happen. And even the people I've told that they're like, good luck. And I'm like, all right. I hate when people say stuff like that. I did. We brought music. We listened to jazz. Our son was born to like Miles Davis. It was like super, super Zen. And I really like believe in energy as well. And like my friend gave birth like two days before me and she's just got chaotic energy and it was a chaotic delivery. Like they had to rush her to a C-section and then they were dr- getting her there. And like the, for example, like the, the thing she was on, the gurney fell down, like, <laughs> but she's chaotic oh and not to blame that, but I just think the energy, get the good music. You're going to have Johnny there. Oh my God. If I have Johnny and we just yeah. got a doula and she's lovely and I'm pretty laid back, like easy energy. I feel like yeah, I would be surprised if it was chaotic. I, you know who I'm talking to? I think it'll... Uh, Becca Martinez. I don't know if you remember her from Ari season. She's just had her third baby. She did at-home water births. And All I'm, of them? Yeah. Uh-huh. And I think she had a doula. And so she has a podcast oh. as well. So you, that might be a good resource for you. She seems super zen. So I'm going to talk to her about uh, what yeah. that was like. I'm going to have her on, I think, next week. Oh, amazing. Yeah. yeah. I know who that is. I can't, she has three kids She was the already? young, yes, I know, mind blown, right? She was like the youngest wow. one on his season, like 19. I'm going to let you go, Eddie, but where can people follow you on Instagram and TikTok? At Man and Matthews, M-A-N-O-N-M-A-T-H-E-W-S. Oh, thanks, then, yeah. girl. You lucky girl, you got your name. Well, kick, go kick your feet up and we will have you back another time. Thank you so much. Thanks, Manon. That's our show. Thanks for tuning in. And a huge thanks to Manon for stopping by. She is an incredible human being. Go check out her book and her TikToks. She's an incredible light in this world. Until next time, I'm your host, Courtney Robertson, and this has been After Reality.